see, young America, we need to talk. You may think this is uncool. You may even think it is bogus. But I want to tell you about something that has everyone buzzing. Something that concerns mature boys and girls just like you. Something called grassroots. everyone thank you guys for joining us again we are back grassroots podcast be sure to subscribe hit the noti notification button be notified for our latest and greatest episodes as well as get tuned get down and join our discord where we talk about stocks gaming and everything in between uh we have a special episode today i'm really excited now as you guys can see we're virtual today um we did not want to travel per the gas hikes i was we were trying to be cost effective this week mm-hmm. so i want to uh tell you guys to bear with us this week, but uh, I think we're sounding pretty good in the headphones still, nonetheless. Uh, I want to say first, I am Brandon Killer B.H. Hall. I am the regular Nas, a.k.a. Vintage Siri Nas. I am Wilson. And as always, we have Chris and Sif here who never say anything, but we actually do have our special guest today, first OG guest. Now, mind you guys, um, I know she said she didn't want to sound old, but uh, for those that don't know, the lovely Felicia Temple is back on air with us today, and I'm excited about it. She was actually the first, first, first grassroots guest to ever touch this lovely platform that we've created. So I want to welcome you back. I'm happy to see you. I'm happy we finally figured out our schedules. How have you been? <laughs> Talk to us. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be back. Yes. What's going on? Oh, life, Felicia, life, <laughs> life. <laughs> Life's happening. Um, so um, we want to catch up. It's it, we've, I realized in pre-production we were talking, you know, we've obviously made so many transitions. Siv is new and, and Chris is here. There's a bunch of people that, that were here. And I was like, I was just going about this at like they'd, they'd met you. So I wanted to kind of get into all of that, like a, just the backstory of how we all came about with us working together and performing together at one point and then just working together in this space, obviously me and media, you still in, in music and, and things like that. And then just getting to just what you've been up to. How have you been holding up in, in COVID? How's your sanity? <laughs> music. I'm seeing, I'm seeing, I'm seeing visuals, which I hit you about, which I was ex- super excited about. I was like, finally. <laughs> so um, yes, catch us up. What's going on? Childs, well, what's not going on? You know, this year has been a little crazy. Um, You know, of course, you introduced me as a musician, but I think in this past year, most people who follow me know I'm a registered nurse. So I actually had to leave my European tour and my hospital was desperate. My coworkers were getting sick and dying and I returned back home and I have been working full-time as a nurse in the COVID ICU ever mm. since. Yeah. So um, my life completely turned from what it was. I was working in music full-time. I had finally put my nursing scrubs down. I was so excited to be yeah. like on the road and living my dream. And like, I went from arenas to the ICU in like, 72 hours so it's it's been a transition transition that sounds like a transition what does that what does that do to someone's psyche 
How how are you now? Like, tell me the stages of what that looks like. Because I, I remember again when you put out your project, we were excited about it. We was like, ah, that like this is the point. And then it was just like the world just came to a halt. And then it was like, damn, what's happening? So yeah, how does that feel? but you you know, um, I had to realize that everyone in this past year, no matter who you are, you lost something right? Mm -hmm. Whether it was your job, whether it was a family member, a friend, uh, your sense of normalcy, everyone lost something. So Mm -hmm. it's not like I was alone in that. I had a very odd situation. And if anything, I just learned to be grateful because Mm -hmm. most of my musician friends, pretty much all of them who depended hundred percent on music as their income, were like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Yeah. Uh, you know, half of them couldn't even file for unemployment because as per the government, they're already unemployed. Mm-hmm. So what's changed? You know, I was yeah. very fortunate. I can go back to a full-time job and make my six figures and just go about my day, you mm-hmm. know? So there, for me, yes, the work was torturous. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very traumatizing, but there's nothing to complain about. Yeah. Um, I want to, uh, before I continue, because I, I mean, you know, me, we, could, we could talk. I want to open it up differently to you guys. So I want Wilson, Nas, and even Chris, for you guys to ask some questions, especially Chris, because this this would be actually your first time even speaking to uh, Alicia. So take the floor. I want to I hear what you guys think. I could, we'll catch up via text or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> so when you were, when you're on tour, right, and, and you get that call, what's what's your first thought? Uh, when the hospital calls and goes, hey, Felicia, we, I know you're doing your passion, but we need you here. What, what's your initial thought? Something must be really wrong because I can even say, I remember um, being on the tour bus and watching the news on my phone and I'm seeing all this chaos they're showing on the news, but we're in Europe traveling around we're on the bus. No one's wearing a mask. No one's freaking out. I'm not seeing sick people. So I'm like, what could be the problem? And the numbers they were giving, I was thinking to myself, more people die of the flu than Mm. whatever this is. So I don't know why they're making a big deal out of it. You know, news, sensationalism, blah, blah, blah. And when the hospital called, I was like, oh, and my my coworker started texting me like, something is really wrong here. These people are dying at a rate like we've never seen. Like, this is emergent. And I was like, well, okay, that's that. Like, you know, if it's that bad and slowly the governments were shutting down like one show here, one show there, or we're going to cancel, we have restrictions. So we kind of knew this situation isn't good. And once the travel ban hit, it was like, okay, it's time to go. Let's pack it up. Let's get out of here. It was a little rough going back, but. Is uh, is being a nurse. And, you know, answering the call of duty during the pandemic, is that more fulfilling than being on tour doing music? Or do you it's a different, that you... It's a, it, that's a different type of fulfilling. Yeah. You know, I feel like, um, I, I don't know, in terms of like humanity, you know, you want to do something where you're where you're helping people. So I know, of course, as a nurse, while working in the COVID ICU, you're helping people. Um, but being on stage and the way you see you make people feel when people say, oh my goodness, I love the lyrics of that song or, you know, you changed my life or you saved my life or whatever, you know, when people are talking to you that are fans, you know that you're touching people in some way. Um, but it's 
it's whatever the moment calls for. And the moment called for me going back and being a nurse. And right then I didn't care about singing a note, about putting on no makeup, no eyelashes or eyebrows. It mm. was time to work. And to me, you know, that calling was more important at that moment. Mm. Have you still been working on music? Like since, the, since you uh, went back to being a nurse? For a while, um, well, just to keep my sanity, I was really just going home and playing my guitar for hours. That was like the only thing I could muster up the strength to do. I started getting real weird. I was like staring at the wall for hours and crying for no reason. Like I was, I was really, I, I was messed up. That's, yeah. that's, you know, that, like that's probably good though. Say that. But like, you know how people would hit you up and go like, hey, how's everything going? You know, you okay? You know, just checking on you. And I would be like, no. And I realized that people actually don't know what to say to that. You know, yeah. people are just conditioned to say like, yeah, I'm good. I'm okay. You know, I'm holding up. Can't complain. I was like, no, I'm not good. I'm not good. And my husband had to like limit my work hours. Like you're not going in there more than four days a week. I don't care. You're not working more than 48 hours because you're acting weird. And I think something's not right. So I was just playing my guitar a lot. Um, and I had just, just gotten my Apollo twin duo interface in the mail um, before I had left for tour. Um, so luckily I had everything I needed to record at home when I got back and I wasn't even planning on using it. I was working, um, but I started recording stuff and um, doing small jobs for people like, oh, can you cut this hook for me? Or can you reference this vocal for me? And it was like another income, but it wasn't anything creative. I left for tour with a project that I had been working on since 2018. So I came back to that same project and I was like, well, not putting it out this year. So <laughs> I just left it sitting there. I was like, well, there it goes. I mean, who's who's recording anything and who even really cares? You know, so I put that on the back burner. It wasn't until um, really last fall when things started to kind of die down a little bit that I finally said, okay, let's start taking some pictures. Let's start, you know, sequencing this project and seeing how this whole thing is going to look. And then if y'all follow me on the gram after this, like Brandon does, you can see the, mm, 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 the visuals are coming. I see. <laughs> I said, so, yo, I woke, I woke up not to cut in cause I know I'm, I'm letting y'all handle this one, but I, I woke up, I said, Oh shit, Felicia over here, turn it up. What's happening? And then I hit you. I was like, Oh shit, it's new music. I'm like, Oh, okay. I see what's happening. Okay. 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 I was excited about it. I was really, really excited about it. Actually. Yo, how's Real quick, I just popped in my head. Has your writing changed? Have you found that you can go deeper or ha has your style changed because of what you've seen in the... Um, no, actually. I mean, I haven't been... I've never been like a fast writer or, you know, you hear... I would do all my own writing and mm. quite a bit of my own production. Um, I never... Um, <clears throat> I've never been one to like write 20 songs a week. That's not me. Mm -hmm. I write it when I feel like it. Um, so I, I wasn't crazy about writing even in this past year anyway. I just didn't feel like it. And I don't mm -hmm. fall for the narrative of like, oh, you know, if if in this, if you don't come out of this pandemic with a whole 20 albums <laughs> and you ain't ready to turn up, then what have you been doing? I I've been saving lives. I don't I know if anybody <laughs> I, I don't have everything loaded in the chamber waiting for you. I, like, I don't, I don't. And 
you know, I learned to be okay with that. So I don't even want to say like a writing style has changed or anything. I started to write one song and it got so emotional that I just put it down. And I know eventually I'll get back to it. Mm -hmm. But I always had in my mind, like I knew this next season for me would be Bedroom Chronicles 2. And that's what people have been waiting for since I put the first one out in 2014. So I wanted to keep it focused there. And it's been a really, really cool because those two worlds are so different from what I have to do at work to like this ultra sexy vixen, this very sensual music. It's so different. And it's actually an escape. Yeah. Oh, no, Gra Grey's Anatomy is pretty sexy. <laughs> ah! you, you can give the album like a Grey's Anatomy vibe I've never watched that show bro, uh, they're, they're making bro, love all over that show in the hospital word everywhere ain't none of that going on over where I work <laughs> I, said, I was watching I was like damn I should have became a nurse it's popping <laughs> Listen, uh, now that I want to ask you a question I want to kind of change gears here since, since you are a married woman hold, up, hold on real quick just, just don't ever say change gears but go ahead no, my fault. My What's wrong with that? <laughs> <It's messing> with. <laughs> what do you feel since this guy has come to prominence kind of in the uh, pandemic? Kevin Samuels, when they, what do you think about him and his views on uh, the placement or the role, rather, of Black women? Um, you know, I've seen a couple of the videos and I see it's like very... Um, you know, he says spicy things, it seems like, to get a lot of people's attention and then people get a rise out of it. And women right. are like, he hates women or whatever. Honestly, I mean, if you go into a man to let him rate you, then that tells me everything I need to know about you. Then like, like it's easy bait. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, what are you even asking him for? I would never like click to go on that man's live so he could tell me whether I was a five or a nine or... <laughs> Or who, who do I, who are you? I don't know you, man. I, I mean, like, I, I, I don't, um, I don't, I don't know. It seemed very odd when I, when I watched his, the video, it seemed like, you know, he was rating women based on their look alone, but a man being like the top, uh, whatever he called it, a top earner, if you want to, whoever, high, whatever, high value. that kind of. I, oh, if you want a high value man, the high value man, the only thing that made him high value was his earning. It wasn't the way he looked or his uh, belief system or his moral mm. code. It was how much money he made. And honestly, I've been exposed to men who make a whole lot of money. And that don't necessarily make them high value. So I'm a little confused on his system, but I'm I'm a married woman. And I, I think a lot of women, unfortunately, these days, they, it depends on what your belief system is. I'm a Christian woman. Like, I believe my husband is the head of the household. So I could do all this pop, lock and drop in public. He don't care. I sing, I do my music, you know, I'm a boss, but that's my husband, you know, and when I'm home, you better believe I'm cooking, I'm cleaning, I'm making blueberry muffins. I'm making the bed. I'm folding the laundry. Like, it's just what, but it's what works for us. And that doesn't right. work for everybody. Those so blue, blue, I'm sorry because yo, those blueberry muffins must be cracked because you specifically Ooh. mentioned those. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I said. I, said, I, fucking, I, love, I, love, I, love, I love blueberry muffins. I was like, that must be a signature. That's yo, I didn't think about anything else. Nothing else stood out to me but the fucking blueberry muffins. Just like, damn. And just so you know, Kevin, Kevin Samuels would applaud right you. Now. Kevin Samuels would applaud you as a high value woman. <laughs> 
value. The blueberry muffin set it off. <laughs> but no, you know, I mean, I look at these women and I'm like, why are you even in this man's camera? Like you, you was some part of you must want him to rate you. Maybe you don't believe in yourself. You need somebody mm-hmm. else to tell you. Like I, I, I am in the Kevin Samuels hive. <laughs> so I, I don't think, I, I, I just want to interject real the, quick. Um, the, the the one thing, the main thing about his platform is he's pretty much the only platform that women go to and he tells them the actual truth. Oh, okay. Like that that's his whole entire thing. So when he asks his women to rate themselves, mm-hmm. he just wants to see like what they think of themselves because I mean let, let's be honest, like some, some <laughs> I don't want to go into it. No, go no, into no, 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 it. No, 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 Felicia's okay. It was like, I yeah. listen. The reason why, the reason why I'm letting this rock because Felicia is the perfect woman for this. Not, not to say that there are any other women that I know out there that are not perfect. I just want to say that <laughs> no. right. I just want to say that Felicia is because Felicia has level head when it comes to this. Her, her, her depiction of this is how I kind of looked at it. Like you're, you, you, it's almost like you're going to someone for approval. So I'm curious to hear this exchange. So, so, yeah. so if yeah. Kevin Samuels had a mission statement, basically he's on a mission to improve the situation as far as blacks marrying. Okay. Because black women right now are the least married out of all the racial, out of all the racial groups in America. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, so basically, he feels, and I would agree with him, some of the standards are just set a little bit too high. Like, he'll ask a woman, would you, would you, would you date a man that makes 40000 a year? Would you marry a man that makes 40000 a year? And a lot of them say no. And then when he asks them no, uh, why, would you, why wouldn't you or why couldn't you, even though that's the average that a black man makes, around mm-hmm. 42000 uh, you know, they'll say something like, I make 150000 and it's like, so he's trying to let women know that their how much they make doesn't add to their value for a man. Because men are looking, men are visual. They're looking at your looks, your femininity, you know, how you care for people, stuff like that. And black women, I love black women, that's all I date, have been victims of propaganda which a lot of it's a lot of times tries to push our women towards being more masculine. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Am I am I out of bounds at any anywhere here? Because Wilson Samuels is preaching. I would oh my God, now you're calling yourself Wilson Not- Samuels. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm 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 hearing you. I'm listening. And then you know you hit off the the blueberry muffins, the the cleaning and everything else. It's not necessarily that it's a woman's job to clean or anything like that or even cook. But Panel full of men. Who gets turned on when their woman is cooking? Yeah, I mean, duh. <laughs> a, a lot, a lot, a lot of women today can't cook. They're, they're not, they're not being raised with these skills and whatnot. So that's that. That's his mission, is to kind of turn that tide. Like black women, like you want to marry a black man. Black men on average make around forty-two thousand. You can't chase a guy who, I mean, you could go for a man that's making 100,000, but that's only about 14% of the population. And that's not even based on race. That's any race, sexual preference, anything. So we have most of our women chasing a very small pool of men. Right. Now, what I would, yeah. what the only thing that I would say that's kind of a little weird, like, you know, he's talking about like women rating themselves. Now I can tell you, I have seen some, according to what he would call high value men. Mm-hmm. 
with some women that are like a two, a strong one and a half. Like, and you're like, how the fuck? So, 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 like, so his defense, oh, because I know what he would say to that. I, I okay. watched like every episode. Please, because please explain this because so, I haven't watched enough of his videos. So, so, so to that, he would say, if you see a, a high value man with a woman that isn't really that good looking, nine out of mm-hmm. 10, she came up with him from when he had uh, nothing to something because let's keep it real well on men if you're making if you're making i mean look at some celebrities alone right if you took away some male celebrities i'm talking about rappers businessmen whoever athletes you see them if you took away that basketball from their hand if you took away that microphone and they wasn't cutting no records if you just saw them walking down the street would they have that gorgeous woman with the boom 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 you probably not so so rappers uh Music. Right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Athletes. He doesn't consider them high value men. Oh, they're not. He, oh. Yeah, B- because they, they because they get their money differently and they have a whole different type of attraction. What oh. he considers a high value man is a man that makes around one hundred and fifty thousand and has been doing so for about the past five years, has built a connection with other high value men and stuff like that. He's valued throughout the community. But okay. like rappers and whatnot, he doesn't consider that. OK. All right. I mean, you know, I think some of that is common sense. If if you're a black man, if you're a straight black man, you're looking for a black woman um, and you are making that kind of money. Yeah. You're going to look for a woman who looks a certain type of way that just because you can just yes. simply because you can. Even though you're an ugly man, bad in bed and everything right. else. Right. It doesn't matter. None of that shit matters. It doesn't, you know, I, I agree with that to some point, but that whole, the whole rating system, I don't really, I mean, maybe I don't care so much because I'm a married woman and mm-hmm. I, I don't give a shit. Like maybe, maybe that's, mm-hmm. I'm on no, some of it. That's why I asked because there's a panel full of dudes. So it's a, I, I can only uh, assume what what women think i can't you know i saw a clip of him saying you know women they can't survive in the wild i was like this is getting a little weird like <laughs> he was like asking the girl like if your water turned off what would you do and i was like how did they get here like what's happening well, <laughs> I, 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 should, should i touch on that as well i watch a lot of the show like i don't want to like Listen, so, I'm so not, listen for, hold on real quick for the listeners. This was not how the show was supposed to go. I really <laughs> wanted to focus on Felicia and her, but I, I don't I know. I value her opinion. Yeah, so, yeah so, I don't know about you guys, but this is a high value conversation for me. <laughs> so, so, so I am just into, I am listening just like you guys listening. Just so, so, so with the whole entire survival thing or women can't survive without men thing, that comes from today what he would call the modern woman, especially black women, we're all black women are the only race of women that walk around saying, or that you'll hear say, I don't need no man. Oh, no, I need that. That's not true. Yeah, that's not true. Yeah, women, Hispanic women don't walk around saying that you you don't date them, but but as a he said, you only date black women. I mean, I aim to date black women, I deal with all women. As someone who has had friends of all races. Absolutely, all women today. It's something about this generation. They all hate men. I don't need no man. man. 
Yeah, all of them need no man. And I mean, the reality is when you talk about need, need is a very strong word, right? So when you've yeah. got a triangle of the things that you need, right? You need food and water and, you know, like the things that humans actually need to survive. I mean, you know, as long as your lights is on or whatever, if you got a job, like, do you need a man? No. Like, if we're actually talking about the word need, right? Mm-hmm. No, you actually don't. Once you're here as a human being and a woman and a man laid down and made you and you're a human, after that, as long as you can provide financially for yourself, do you need a man? Now, that no. that, would, that would be what he would say. You can only be a modern woman in uh, a first world country. So, well, absolutely, but that's where I live. So the statement would be true I know, for me. No, right? no, I agree with you. Know? But, 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 he's saying, but he's saying that's a part, he's saying that's a part of the problem. Like he's saying that stuff like he's saying men have made the world so comfortable for women oh. that it kind of took it, women kind of forgot what a man is for, what a man is. So if a woman needs protection, call the police. If mm-hmm. they need somebody to come to the house and fix something, they could call somebody for that. Mm-hmm. They've kind of forgot. Like back in the day, you you kind women kind of felt like they needed a man, and there's always a mutual respect. I don't right. want to come off as if like I'm saying like okay, men don't need women. Of course, this world okay. would be a disaster without women. But I but I also feel like there's More. also been a changing of the guard because when I watched that video of him talking about oh if your water turned all like what would you do where would you go and the girl looked like she didn't know if she was coming or going. Now the thing is. I had I kind of giggled to myself as I watched this because I thought of so many situations where like it's true, right? Two heads are always better than one, right? Because you can always bounce ideas if something happened. But I think of like my husband and I, we have a, a, a house where first time homeowners and there's stuff that like we just can't figure out. But sometimes he'll be like, oh, my God, I cannot figure out how to do this. When I tell you like right now where I'm sitting at in my bedroom. I am the person who holds the drill in this house. like. I screw stuff in. I'm the person who hung up the curtains. I've got literally 10 foot curtains behind me, 12 foot curtains behind me. (laughs) I got up by myself because he was like out at work, he had something to do. And I was like, I got to take care of this. There's some stuff where he's like, I just don't know how to put this together. I cannot figure this out. So like, there's been like a changing of the guards where like, yeah, okay, you can say the police, you know, you call the police, you call a handyman or you can go on Yelp or whatever. But also black men, are not being raised to learn how to be handy, how to fix a leak, how to do these things, right? There are things that my husband and I will both look at each other and be like, we don't know how the hell to do that. We're calling such and such. Let's go and figure out who can fix this because we don't know how to fix it. So it's not like if I was, you know, it's not like marrying a man is gonna all of a sudden, he can fix everything because men these days, a lot of them aren't hands-on. They don't know how to do no woodwork. He can't build me no That's bed if I want it. He don't know how to do no Who's carpet. Who's building them? I was no, about to hold say, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, wait, 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 take this, take this, you guys got this fucking interview, I want to address this. Oh, I'm going to ask her one Kevin Samuels question, hold on, hold on, hold on, I know your husband well, I won't shadow right, that. Right, right, you know I lo- Listen, I love that guy, right, he's a fucking good guy, man, he goes on, he's teaching, he's doing a, you want him to build a bed, Felicia, no, no, a bed, no, no, no. I a bed, build- I, listen, I've had enough, I've had enough, <laughs> I've had enough. Well, technically, technically, a man should be able to follow, listen, the request, the instructions. This man, right? And that's why he makes so much money, 
right? So he's got to be off. He's in his office. He's doing podcasts. He's doing Zoom conferences. He's here, there. He's all over the and country. And you want him to build a bed. No, but what in I'm the saying. interim. No, what she I'm would saying, like him to have the ability to build a bed. That, no, I'm not saying I even want him to have the ability. But what I'm saying is to the point of, you know, Kevin Samuel saying, well, if you're there without a man and you run out of water, well, it's as if like, oh, if you insert a man into this picture, <laughs> magically the problem's going to be solved. Sometimes that's not the case. Felicia, Sal, Sal, she, she, she does have a point. She's saying she, that most men don't point. even have those skills today. She, no, right. I agree. I, I agree with both of your points. What I'm going to say is I love you both, right? There are certain instances where a man is absolutely 100% needed. For example, my old school car broke down. If I was with a woman or she was in the car, she would not be able to push that car. I had to push that car. You get what I'm saying? It's it's oh, little it's those well, physical things. It's, 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 things. it's the same. It's the same thing. Way uh, it's the same way. If I want, well, I guess now you can fucking computer generate, create babies at this point. But I'm I'm saying like if I wanted to reproduce, I would need a woman <laughs> to do it. You get what I'm saying? Like it, it, that's just you get what I mean? Like it's certain no, things. No, absolutely. Like that where, but what I'm saying is his his simple. His simple, uh, you know, here's the problem and here's the solution is just insert the man and you wouldn't have that problem or he would be able to fix it is not 100 percent tried and true. Is now, what I, I, I think what, that's I, I, I'll say it's, I think it's 50 50 both for men and women. I think that if, if you really think long and hard enough, there are certain instances where a man is required you know what I'm saying? Like, for, like, let, let's say, like, for a, a firefighter, for example, if I have to go, you know, what's the likelihood of you, a woman being able to lift a 200 something pound individual versus a man? Like, there's certain things physically that yes. a man is, is designed to do, just like women. There's certain things that a woman can do that men will never be able to do. And that's for me where the necessity oh. is, is like right. surface level, not materialistically and not. Uh, 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 monetarily is what I'm saying. So can I ask one? Okay, so this is a question that Kevin Samuels would definitely ask her. Okay, I'm here for in this moment, and and this is always where a Kevin Samuels interview either goes left. Oh man, here it goes, or, ladies and gentlemen. Or it goes, or it goes good. So Kevin Samuels would say, "You mentioned that you're a Christian woman. Yes. Who's the head of your household? Who leads?" Oh, my husband. Well, it's God and then my husband, period. That's Bam. Husband right there. Bam. She would be a success with Kevin Samuels. Bam. So Felipe, <laughs> she's not, she's not the she Kevin Samuels would love her. <laughs> he would love you. It doesn't problem being a boss, but in the house, my husband leads the house. And especially when it comes to things like I can be like, if you leave it to me, I'll absolutely do it. But there's a lot of things that I leave to my husband when it comes to anybody coming to work on our home or like say it's the landscaper or people coming to do papers out in the back or they tell no, 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 that's not, they don't even see me. They don't even know who I am. Like you don't see me at all. You deal with my husband, you Can know, I a, a like comment that. real quick. Sure. You're from Jersey, right? Yes. Born and raised hold, in America. Hold, hold, yeah, hold, hold on. on. Ask, like. ask her. Ask her again, Nas. Yeah. Now, now we here, Nas. <laughs> all, all, all your, all, all your yeah. Mount Vernians wanted to attack me on on Instagram and Twitter. Now we have Jersey in the building. Nas, regular Nas. All day. So no, I just want. I just want to mention. So I just want to make a statement, an observation. Bitch. She was like, I, "How Felicia goes? I, I put up the curtains by my by myself. I got the drill. I'm doing everything, zipping up and down." The, Felicia and the woman that's in the other room, my wife, who happens to be Muslim, 
Hold on, be born, careful now. Be careful born and now. raised in Morocco. Be careful mm-hmm. now. I had y'all can't stop. She put up the curtains. If I if it was left, she if she was to come here right now, she would say, "My husband does nothing. I could I could I couldn't build a bed. I couldn't put things together." <laughs> but what she does is, not only does she raise our children and teach them, but she does the same thing. She'll defer to me in the household, but she cooks and cleans. So it's just, it's just weird that she's, Felicia goes, yeah, I, I get the drill. I put up the currents. He couldn't make me a bed. That one in there, she'll come here and say, you right, girl. He, my husband does. She, I wouldn't, I can't do it. I can't build a bed. But I just find it funny that Jersey and I Morocco. Is I just, don't know if I said build a bed. because. <laughs> yeah, I'm never going to, I'm never going to let you live that down. Just so we're clear. Just so you, I, listen, I'm, I'm never letting you live that down ever. <laughs> Ever he out of all I, things that like he couldn't build a bed, he couldn't build a bed. Like, just like, you know, he's got an MBA, he's teaching, he couldn't build a bed, and it didn't suffice. Oh my god, that is the funniest thing I think I've heard in my We're, working his ass off, but couldn't, <laughs> couldn't build a goddamn bed. Word. <laughs> It's always the one little thing that the guys are never expecting that's gonna piss. That's the make or break. Yeah, very weird. That whole Kevin Samuels thing is like very weird to me. I see some of the the points, you know. But when you look at now, it's interesting. As you were saying, so obviously you're a Muslim. I'm guessing if your wife is Muslim, yes. Mm -hmm. So like when you talk about Christianity, um, Islam, and Judaism, those are like the three original Abrahamic faiths, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of the you know, the original books are all pretty much, they all started off, the story all starts off the same. It's right. where they trail off and end is what differs. But when right. you look at all of those households, the people who actually follow, you know, at least to some degree, all of the households pretty much do look the same. The husband right. is the head of the household, you know, the woman takes care of the children and takes care of the house and does the cooking and cleaning. And yeah, we're in the 21st century, but the reality is like, I don't have kids yet, but I know we have kids. That kid's going to be looking for me. My husband is oh, crying. Okay. All right. Um, what do you need? Where's your mother? Like, it just is what it is. I don't know. I just feel like some things, no matter what year it is, we're in 2021, some things just work better because of it, because right. of, that structure, you know. Now let me ask you. I was gonna. I was gonna say. <clears throat> that sounds old school. That sounds very, very old school. Now, now this though, I will say, people don't realize my parents were divorced. My father raised me and my sister like boys. Okay, my dad taught us how to do everything. I remember being eight years old and my sister was ten, and he made us carry the Christmas tree up. Three flights of stairs, a live Christmas That's gangster. tree. That's up gangster. to third our third floor walk up yeah. apartment. Um, and he was like, No, y'all are strong. Just That's it doesn't matter. That's equality. He taught he taught you guys young. I, that, 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 man, that man is a gentleman and a scholar. <laughs> Word. Applaud you know, man. like, but he also he gave us the, the two hand, like, okay, mm-hmm. you're strong, you can do it. Don't ever let nobody call you weak. Yeah. But this is how a man is supposed to treat you. Like my dad yeah. always you know, flowers and chocolates and baby girl, you know, I'm daddy's girl, you know, mm. but at the same time, he gave us the tools to like, you can be on your own if you need to. Mm-hmm. Mm. But I feel like he, I don't know, it like, it primed us so good to be wives. We're wives that don't take no shit. Yeah. <laughs> now, you know, even, even with that, I'm assuming just from a, 
from uh, your upbringing perspective, this has nothing to do with money, who makes more. This is just basic, um, I guess, I don't know if it's instinct or or what's the word I'm looking for that um, I can't think... uh, it's innate. You're. Uh, it's innate. Like you're just yeah. kind of designed. You feel like you're just designed to be that way. That's how you were groomed and, and stuff. Now I'm assuming that type of environment kind of flows through within your family as well. Like your your extended family, maybe siblings or cousins and stuff like that. Like, do you think your your family is kind of based off of that? And even no. still, uh, okay. No, um, you know, because I have a very I have a, I don't want to say a broken family, but I guess that's the usual American family. My parents are divorced. You know, my dad got remarried. My mom got remarried. Um, and my mother, when she got remarried, uh, so my mother's white, um, just so everybody knows. I'm not just light skinned. My mom's white, um, but I didn't grow up with her at all. Um, but the man she remarried was Cuban and he was very strict Catholic. I'm talking about, they had like, a two hour wedding ceremony in Latin that nobody understood. I mean, me and my sister, we weren't even invited. That's the type of mother I have, but um, that's another story. But when we would go to visit her home, um, whenever we would see her, it was that, um, you know, dinner is on the table by six. Um, there's praying all the time. Like the, my little brothers and sisters couldn't watch Pokemon because they swore it was the devil. It was like very weird. I don't know. But, you know, it was a very strict, like, he didn't, I remember her leaving us alone with him because she had to run out to the grocery store and he didn't know how to work the microwave. Like, and I was like, huh? Like, what do you mean, man? Press the button. Like, and I was like, no. Nah. I'm hungry, man. Press the button. <laughs> you know, but, um, yeah, but they live that, like, she did not, I remember eating out one time at her house my entire childhood. She cooked every single day. She was up at 5 a.m. She drank coffee. She had full hair and makeup on. She took care of the kids entirely. He came home at six. And because he was Cuban, it didn't matter what she made. I don't care if she made spaghetti and sauce. There was to be black beans and rice on the table every night. Um, She cleaned up everything. He did not touch a broom or mop. And, you know, so like that was the only time I ever really saw that, but it was to a very extreme degree. Now, since my mother is divorced and married and divorced again and married a woman and she's she's on another level. Uh, But um, on the other side, I mean, my my dad remarried a black woman. They've been together. That's my mom. As far as I'm concerned, that's the woman who raised me. Um, And even when I look out to my cousins or my grandmother with my aunts, like everybody were really households without men. They all divorced and single moms were raising everybody. So I really credit my dad a lot. You know, my dad really showed me like what a man should be in the house. Cause I got mm. to watch my dad. He lived a double life like me. My dad was a police officer. He provided for his family, but he also toured the world and he still does with the Sugar Hill Gang. Mm. So, you know, he, he lived out his dreams and he was a musician and a house artist, but he also provided for his family. So you know, there wasn't a lot to see outside of my house. Yeah. So, I, I, well, then I guess your 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 pops would kind of be the staple to kind of break those generational curses of sorts. And then you following suit with your own within your own household. That's fucking dope. Mm-hmm. That's actually really dope. I don't yeah. know that I, I, I knew that much about you. Yeah. And my sister, my sister was mm-hmm. really, really the influence. My sister's only 
Uh, she's less than two years older than me, but she got married really young. Um, she got mm. married at 23 and her husband was 30. Mm. Um, so she's been married now like 11 years. And, you know, she's got two wonderful kids and she adopted my nephew. My cousin passed away. So she really has three kids in her house. And she's like the PTO class mom, the substitute school nurse. She's a nurse like me. She helps run my brother-in-law's office. He's a doctor, you mm. know, like the life they live, the kids are going to ballet and gym and dance and football. And all like, over the place. She handles it all. And I just used to go to her house, like when I was, you know, young and single and I was just like the cool auntie. <laughs> how the hell are you running all this? Like, how are you doing this? So I got to watch her really more than anything. Got it. So speaking of uh, music and Sugar Hill Gang, so it brings Fat Joe called DJ Khaled the Quincy Jones. The Quincy Jones. Of hip hop. Yeah. Thoughts, Felicia? It's a no for me, dog. <laughs> no. No, that's not like, I mean, you know, just knowing Quincy Jones's history and his musicality and his education and like the things that he's done, um, yeah. there's no way in the world, I mean, Somebody call me when DJ Khaled can do a score. Yeah, I'm, if I'm keeping it a buck, I'm surprised yeah. Fat Joe said that. It, just, it's it, I was I was honestly um, I was honestly just a little surprised he said that. But that's his man though too. He could feel he could feel that way about him, right? Like that's the other thing. Maybe the, him and him and uh, Khaled got a great relationship. I'm sure maybe he's seen some some things that we've probably are not privy to. Maybe that would make him feel that way, but. I can't no. I can't rationalize it in my head when I think Quincy Jones and, Quincy and, Jones and, and that's out. no disrespect. Yeah, like that's no disrespect. It's just when I think Quincy Jones, like I think Q's juke joint, I think I think he'll I think a bunch of just different things. The man um, was on stage with the rat pack. Yeah, like I like think about that. He was on stage, Sammy Davis looked over and said, Yo, that's Quincy over there with the orchestra. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just, Come on, man. <laughs> no. I just didn't have to rationalize that. It's just a no. Just, <laughs> no. I can see. I can see what he was trying to say. Please enlighten me. I, I mean, and yeah, I mean, please if, help if, me understand. If, if if you listen to like Khaled's albums, you don't really listen to any songs, and you go, "This song sucks." Like like you don't like you don't do that. So so he's pretty good at arranging a project. But also, now that I think about Khaled's in Khaled's music, and there's no disrespect to him, he doesn't take any risk. That's true. He doesn't you know take what? any risk in his music. I'll give you that. I'll give you the risk part. I don't know about the the, and I'll give you the arrangement piece. But he doesn't change the game musically at all. But that's the difference, like sound wise and, and, or anything. And 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 that's why I I can't put him and, and Quincy in the same conversation. Like I that's why I can't. <laughs> Quincy has done too much in music. Not just arrangement. Like you're only talking about one aspect. Like <laughs> Quincy is a composer, an arranger, a producer, a write like a star. Like it, it, it. it there's yeah. levels. Now, nah, if he said like Dr. Dre or Yeezy, 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 Kanye, <laughs> that <laughs> that that I can kind of understand. I just I can't wrap my mind around it, and I don't. Yeah. You know, the interesting thing with DJ Khaled, it, it's strange to me. I feel like 
if Khaled is really such a force, right? We all know he makes the summertime bops, right? It's always when names you know, right? Whether it's Justin Bieber or the Migos or her or Jay-Z, right? You know, he always pulls out the big guns. Mm -hmm. But I want to see him make some names pop with some people that we don't know who they are. Yeah. Yeah. Why is it always somebody that you already know just because you put the name Jay-Z on the record, you're going to get a certain amount of streams just because it's Jay-Z. People don't care if it's amazing or if it's hot garbage. It says Jay-Z and they're going to listen at least once. Mm. You know, so I feel like he kind of gets that guaranteed success because of the names. And when I look at like J. Cole, J. Cole put that project out with a bunch of people that were just all on the label, all under him, just a bunch of random writers and artists and whatever. And he got them a Grammy nom. Mm-hmm. Oh, the mm-hmm. people that would, I don't want to say no names, everybody got a name, but like some people who weren't as commercially successful or never had commercial success and they got Grammy nominated. Yeah. To me, that's something more worth, more worthy to me than just taking a whole bunch of A-listers and putting them on a project and saying, we the best. I agree. Yeah. We already, everybody on here is platinum selling. Of course you're the best. I mean, maybe Fat Joe, maybe, maybe he just didn't elaborate enough. Maybe he meant one small aspect of Quincy. And, that, and that's it, what I'm thinking. Is what DJ Khaled resembles. And that's what I'm thinking. I can't see Fat Joe saying holistically uh, DJ Khaled is is he's the he's the DJ Khaled of, of I, I can't see him saying that I can't maybe he has the ability to gather that amount of star power you know or put out those oh maybe maybe you know, maybe and in that aspect I get maybe. it like you know Jay Z you can't get no Beyonce vocal the fact that somehow or another uh, yeah you got you got Nas Hove B. I'm saying like yeah, how you okay. people that okay. other people don't like nobody's picking up the phone for you know all these other people some reason yeah. when he picks up the phone they answer so I guess there's power in that I, so yeah hold maybe on he that, means on that, like a respect level yeah hold on Ooh. let's let's change let's let, I'm 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 gonna steal your shit now let's change gears here <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe um maybe you're right Wilson I, I well Felicia rather whoever said it. I think that that could be the case. Yeah, maybe a collaborative (laughs) effort. Look, man and women working together, see? Um, But no, um, I think maybe that could be the case because I guess there is power in being able to pick up the phone and gather that type of of star power. The way Quinn did for We Are The World. Yeah, for We Are The World. That's what I thought about when you said that. I thought about... uh, we are the world, you know, like the, if you go on YouTube for, for the, the young people that are listening to this, if you go on YouTube, we are the world is one of the most kumbaya records ever created, uh, orchestrated by Quincy Jones. Everyone in, in, in whoever was there, Stevie Wonder, Michael Jack, like there's a bunch of people in, in, on, in this record. Right. And being able to put all of that together, you have to have some sort of not cool, but just respect or, or, talent or even time like you know what i mean for 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 those that type of star quality for those type of people to actually give you their time you have to be doing something right so maybe it really is that fat joe was saying on a respect level yeah on a respect level and maybe maybe even musically because there again you have to have some talent to even get these people on a record to make the record gel to be able to if we're going to talk about We Are the World, then we still can't put Khaled there because I don't see, you know, among 
the urban, you know, hip hop R&B, maybe a little bit of pop. Don't know who DJ Khaled is, but I can tell you, see, I had the privilege. See, I met DJ Khaled, okay? Because when I did The Voice, guess who was my advisor? DJ Khaled. DJ Khaled, okay? So let me tell you how far and wide or how not it is, right? If you say Quincy Jones, anybody of any genre is going to know who Quincy Jones is. Mm -hmm. So this was supposed to be a surprise. Like on The Voice, whoever your advisor is, you're supposed to walk in and be shocked. Let me put it to you this way. In the other room, on the other team, their advisor was Celine Dion, right? She doesn't need any introduction. You walk into a room, you know who Celine Dion is. I knew that it wasn't somebody quite of that caliber because the producers came out before and said, let me tell you who is in the room just in case you do not know who this person is. And I was like, who? Let me tell you, some of the people who were on my team with me were like, a who? Like the people who weren't in R&B, yeah. like the country girls or whatever, they were like, that is like they had to get his background before they could go in and be like, oh, hi, DJ Khaled. Like they had no clue. So I don't really know if that span is like, I don't see, um, you know, Barbara Streisand going and doing a favor for DJ Khaled. Like, hmm. I, I yeah, don't know but- if his span is that wide among among hip hop and R&B. Absolutely. I just don't know if that I get, yeah, that, I get. that far and wide, you got to look at the host of characters that were in We Are the World. He called everybody of every color and they Cindy all Lauper was yeah, there. Cindy, I was about to say Cindy <laughs> Lauper was there. Like, there was like, yo, that stage was filled. Wasn't Bruce right. Springsteen there too, I think? Everyone, and, anyone you can think of with the, the exception the of, 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 of Prince. Prince. With the exception of Prince. Yeah, that's because he ain't like Mike. Because he ain't like Mike, they have beef. <laughs> outside, yeah, outside, outside of that. He's mad petty. He's yeah, mad. yeah. I will not be showing up to your little world of worldly event. <laughs> um, but, all right. I want to, well, not to, because oh. in my head, like, oh, well, go ahead, go, go. Oh, no, I was going to say real quick, because she had mentioned that, like, DJ Khaled, like, his albums, like, he uses, like, all the biggest names and whatnot. Yeah. Mm. One thing that I hate that, that, and he's not the only one who does it, but the fact that he's doing like this uh, this collaboration album, he'll put out like the the single or two singles with Drake. Those two singles that had dropped Grease and uh and I think Pop Star. Pop Star, yeah. Yeah, those dropped like I don't even know how long ago, almost a year maybe. And then they get thrown on the album, so those automatically go into the album sales. Mm-hmm. All those spins that those singles already got, and you didn't know like they were connected to the album or anything like that. It's almost like you're fixing the fight. Yeah. This he, man is smart. He's smart. Oh, smart. It's smart. Yeah. But it's like you're fixing the fight. And then when somebody calls you Quincy Jones. <laughs> that's that's for people who don't know. But, you know what I mean? But no, hold on. No, hold on. No, 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 no. No. That's that's good business. That that is exactly I'm not saying it's bad business. No, 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 I'm not saying you're saying it's bad business either. But that does go into being revered or looked at as a Quincy Jones. It's the business behind being able to navigate in the world of the music business. So if he's able to, again, if nothing else, pick up a phone call and and get Nas, uh, Hove, B, all of these A-listers, seemingly at the drop of a dime at every turn, there is power in, in that piece of it. I just think that... He's he's great at navigating the business around it. Like he's 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 almost like the perfect person that I think we said this last week. Where he he's great at overselling a project so much that even some of the 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 high tier people are everyone is bought in. We the best. But, 
But we're I the best. We, we be make a, the best, best collaborative everything. We're the best. That Beyonce riff is that's just hove. Yeah, if I'm in the studio, mm. I mean, I'm pretty sure they got their own studio, and he says that line. B's probably. I would assume B looked at him like, "Yo, let, let me just ad lib on that real quick." That's I not would, a Khaled request. I, I think wouldn't. That's just, but I wouldn't assume that because I, I'm, I'm thinking about clearances. I'm, I don't think that Hove and B are on the same labels. I don't know that Hove, uh, that B feels like she has to do that. I don't know that Hove. I didn't say she. No, no, I don't think she had. She has to do it. I think it's just like, yo, I'm in the studio. I said this triple entendre, it, and she's like, oh, let me just do an ad lib. I think they're friends. I think that their relationship, they can they can do that because they're married and it and as it just be dope. But I know, but I don't see and I don't know Beyonce, but I don't see Beyonce getting even on something on Hove wants to do unless she likes the record or respects the 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 the, the bar. The yeah, the bar or whatever the case may be. But to even get all of that cleared is what I'm saying. To be DJ Khaled and get that kind of stuff cleared consistently and consecutively. That says something. Still not going to. Yeah, Doctor Dre is close. Yeah, to I'm, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, that's God. what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm just not putting him up there with Quincy. I'm just, you know, I'm just not. And that's disrespect, but it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not the same. Quincy is different. Quincy's just different. Um, what was the other thing I was gonna say? I don't remember now. Uh, someone take the wheels. Jesus, take the wheels. <laughs> Try to see what I, what what else is trending out there. There's really nothing else to talk about right now. Yeah. Well, I got coming out, and that's well, yeah, that's, yeah. Let Leah, let's talk, Leah, let's talk, Leah. What, 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 what? Yeah, what can we expect from you, Felicia? Um, some outside hush. of bedroom chronicles. I know, I know, you're on, you're on sexy time. <laughs> Look, she said that's some sexy stuff is coming. I, we, we know you're on sexy time. We get that. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> How, how much more music are you putting out? And and again, I always say this to all of you beautiful artists. Don't tell me, oh, I'm going to put out five albums this year. I'm glad you're in a no. realm where you're like, no, I'm going to do what makes sense and, and what feels good. So after Bedroom Chronicles, are you taking another break or are we still going to see some more consecutiveness from you? I don't know um, if that's a word. Well, I think it'd be important to, after all this time that people have been waiting for Bedroom Chronicles and seeing that it's an EP, um, I would just like to market it. I think that we are so in the mode of like, put out music and then we're already like, look, I didn't even drop this one. And you're like, okay, so what you doing after that? Like, all right, look at me. I'm I'm adding it, to your pressure. I'm sorry. And I have to stop. The, the time says one, one, one. So that's the good sign. I'm never doing that again. I apologize. I'm going to drop Bedroom Chronicles 2 um, and I'm going to market the hell out of it. I do not want it to fall on deaf ears. You know, it's super hard. Everybody has access to, you know, put stuff on Spotify and iTunes and Tidal. Everybody can do it. So there's mm -hmm. so much music flooding these platforms daily. So I want to make sure that I give it its just due. You take all this time to record it and all this time to take nice pictures and all this crap. And then you drop it and it's like one post and you're on to the next. No, no, no. no. Everybody going to be sick of me. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask, do you feel any pressure of like, I guess now music is in like a microwave, microwave generation where it's like, all right, what's the new release this week? We listen to it once. We have our opinion on it. And then we're on to the next project. It's like, do you feel any pressure on releasing music because of that? No, not at all. And I think because I'm in this odd situation of like, I have a job, right? It's like, um, you know, 
you never want to make your side chick your wife, right? Because then it's not fun anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, Same thing with me. If I want somebody to tell me what to do and how to do it, I can just put on my scrubs and go to the hospital and clock in where they'll be glad to tell me what to do. When it's my music, it's a pure expression. If I start changing it and doing stuff on behalf of um, people who have no musical ability, then I'm going to be screwed up. So I do stuff on my time. And, you know, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. And that's okay. Cause you know, I know there's no possible way to be everyone's cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you like releasing music, certainly I do. And that's why I'm super proud. I'm going to be putting out a single first. Um, and out of the people who got the private link to the project and listened to it, this is some months ago when I was finally finalizing the sequencing. I didn't get that. <laughs> You've had that one song forever and you've been rocking and it's going to come out. <laughs> now, nah, my bad. The dust in here and shit's crazy. You okay? <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. I just didn't get it. <laughs> what? Uh-huh. Link. Well, you know. with me and Imani that you've been blasting for like two years. <laughs> I know. I get so mad about that. Yo, you know how many times I've wanted to leak that record? I'm probably going to go play that record in my car just, just so I can play it. Just but the people so people can hear it. So someone will hear it. You know when people start telling you, oh, this is your single. Oh, that's your single. The record that I'm mm-hmm. dropping as a single, nobody said that to me. Oh, that's a single. But I have realized that, you know, it is better to stand and die behind something that you really, really enjoy and you know that like I'm not a salesperson, so mm-hmm. I can only do stuff that's organic to me. So there's one record on my project that I have not been able to stop playing since the day I recorded it. I've never gotten sick of it. It never gets old to me. Mm-hmm. And I've changed it. I've recorded it three times to change stuff about it. And I'm still madly in love with it. And since I cut it, I saw a vision in my mind of exactly what I wanted the visual to be. And I couldn't let it go. So even when other people were telling me like, oh, like when I put out Bomb Love in the fall, people were telling me that's the record. That's the record. And I hate fast paced records, even kind of a little more up tempo than mid tempo, but it's still really a mid tempo because that's really what it is. No, it was it wasn't me. I did it because somebody told me to. And then when the numbers weren't what I wanted, I'm like, well, I can't even be mad because I wasn't even crazy about it. You know, mm-hmm. at least if the numbers aren't what it is, I want to be able to say that's still my shit. I love yeah. it. You know, so now I'm excited. And now that I did the visual, I know when I was shooting it, um, everybody on set could not stop seeing it. And I'm like, see, it's not about um, what people tell you. If you put anything in people's faces enough, they'll start singing it. Yeah. So. Right. I mean, I like the fact that you're doing an EP. I like... Uh short, concise projects, you know what I'm saying? But as an artist, do you feel like, how do you feel about the way how people digest music today? Um, I understand why they digest music like that. It's, it just is what it is. You have access to hundreds of thousands of pieces of music. Anytime you you log on, you got a playlist right there and it's one song. So say you come across a playlist and um, you don't really care for the playlist, but the playlist just happens to be playing and you hear that one song that you like. What are you going to do? You're going to click like on that one song and you might play that song 80 times. But do you actually really have any interest in the in the artist? Like, will you actually go to their page and like say, I want to hear the rest of your discography or are you going to keep playing that song on? Tell me. Me? You keep I, no. I, no. Over and over? Are you going to go listen to their whole discography and find out everything about them? 
I normally go find me it personally. I would go to the discography. Yeah, that's what I do. Normally, if I, if I hear a record, I'm like, uh, oh shit, hold on, you may but you may have something. The, but what does the average listener do? They'll just keep on playing that they'll one just song. Keep playing. Yeah, they'll just keep playing the one record. Right. So it makes it very easy for people to do that because there's no. You used to be committed when you used to pay that twenty three dollars or whatever it was to get that twelve song album. You was about to listen to the whole album because you just paid for this and you were excited to be in the store. And when you could put the headphones on, remember in the CD store, you could put the headphones mm-hmm. on and stand there and press and, stand it. and just play press a sample. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you didn't really know if you was going to like the whole thing, but you paid that money. But and you, you paid the money. You know what I'm saying? Now, you if you like it, you don't like it. It doesn't matter. You know, it's not real. The streams aren't converting to real fans. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a big problem. So it's like, then you got to do a song and dance to get people to even find out about you, to like you yeah. or whatever. You know, you've got to have some kind of um, gimmick to get people to see, you know, who you are. Um, but I realized that people who really enjoy the, the kind of music that I make, they'll find their way to me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, we have to, we have to do this in person, uh, Felicia. I feel like I have to talk to you more as well. Cause I, 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 every time we talk, I always learn some new shit about you between playing instruments, between family stuff, between just even your mental health musically, even, even the space you sound like I, I love, I think the last time that we spoke, you were very in an unsure space, like most musicians, because a, a whirlwind had, had taken place. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that you're in a better place. You sound so much more sound. You sound confident and you sound like you know what you're, you're, you're meant to do and, and what your purpose is and how to navigate. So I'm really, really, really happy about that. All jokes aside, um, I love you. I appreciate you for always, always supporting and coming on. But again, like I said, OG, if we had a, a hall with a rafter and a jersey, yours would be retired up there. <laughs> and, 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 and that's, I gotta show you why I'm so calm. Hold on. All right. The original. Yeah, the OG Se- triple OG. Season one, episode one. Season one, episode one. This book changed my life. I know, I know it's probably backwards to you guys, but no, no, that's no, no, it's good. Oh, yes. Yes. This it's not the secret that everybody sees this emblem and they're like, yeah, I know that law of attraction. Yeah. This is the new book. When I tell you um, I'm on time number four, every time I end it, I just open it again. Um, it's filled with highlights. This book's changed my life. I feel very sound, and I'm glad you can feel that from me because that's exactly the way I feel. This book, yeah. if you're into reading, excellent. I'm definitely am into reading. Oh, so, so what's it Sorry, about? Uh, yeah, could you, uh, could you say the title and the author for the uh, audio listeners? Sure. It's called The Greatest Secret by Rhonda Byrne. Um, it's excellent. It is about our, um, you know, when you hear this voice in your head that's going all day long, right? And you consider it to be you. It's you talking. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it isn't. Like, that. that's pretty much the, what we hear in our heads is a continuous cycle. It's just like a an onslaught of everything that we've been taught and the things that we've taken into our, our subconscious. And we have to recognize that like, we are separate. This is just a meat suit, right? Like we consider like, who is Felicia? Like she has brown hair and brown eyes and you know, she's five, six, like that's not actually me. So like when science has done like all these studies of like the brain, they've never figured out like, how am I this personality? 
Mm-hmm. They've never figured that out. And that's because we are what the book calls awareness, but a soul, a spirit or whatever. And we're never born and we never die. And this whole concept of things that we fear, um, it's because we always fear that something is going to hurt us. The reality is nothing can actually hurt us. And every decision that we actually make is assumed to try to make us more happy. And like the joke is on us. We're always looking for happiness. We're always searching for peace, right? Always looking for the next thing that's going to make us happy. We set goals because we think once we achieve those things, we're going to be happy. How many times have you said to yourself, um, I'll be happy when, I'll be happy when school's over. I'll be happy when I get this over with. I'll be happy when I finally get that house. I'll be happy when I finally pay this off. And we always set happiness so far away. And the joke is that happiness and peace is yours to have right now. You don't have to be Buddha under a tree. You don't have to really reach some insane level of enlightenment. Happiness and peace is actually yours to have right here and right now. And our responses to things that we say, we I don't have a choice that made me angry or that made me sad or the way they spoke to me. We are choosing these reactions. Happiness is ours to choose. It's This is an incredible book and I cannot say it enough. So I decided to stop waiting for uh, to be happy and I'll be happy when I win my Grammy and I'll be happy when I sell 10 million, million records. Now I'm good right now. Yeah. I have so much. I'm so proud of myself. And if I don't do anything else, if I don't achieve anything else, I'm at peace with what I have right here and right now. And it's, it's changed my life. Alicia, let me tell you something. You said that you're not a salesman. I'm sold. Yeah, <laughs> because if that book, if there's an audio version of that book, there I'm is. getting it because there just is. yesterday I was driving in my car and I, I was saying to myself, I swear to God, I was saying, I got to stop talking to myself. I'm going to stop talking to myself today because it's it's almost like you can't control. Well, at least for me personally, I don't know if I'm crazy. No, I get what you, you mean. Go you ahead. can't, you can't you control that voice that's talking to you. Okay. So I got a tip for you. Even if you never read this book. Oh, no, I'm going to li- I'm going to find an audio version. If there is when you when your brain starts going right, everybody tells you, like, even when you go to yoga, they say, you know, you got quiet your mind. The whole trick is to quiet your mind, quiet your thoughts, right? It's impossible. What they say is to like, you're supposed to separate it. It's like um, you have to say to yourself, Am I aware? And then if you're not sure of what the answer is, and you like look around, you have to think to yourself, who is the person that just said, who just asked the question? are you aware? And who is aware of the fact that I just asked, am I aware? Like, and you can go on and on and on in this cycle until you realize it's me. Mm -hmm. I'm aware and I'm separate from this emotion or whatever it is that's happening. And these things that are going on in my head are not necessarily true. The brain can be very useful if you're using it for positive reinforcement but a lot of the times like we always call it crazy talk when when you say i'm manifesting my dreams and you see these people doing vision boards and all the stuff you're like "Ah, some people are crazy but how come we don't call it crazy when we tell ourselves all day long this is never gonna work i'm always gonna fail that's crazy talk and we tell ourselves that over and over again until we just believe that it's baseline true and that it's us talking to ourselves it is not is a result of very negative programming. So do yourself a favor and read this book. <laughs> I'm looking it up right now. 
I tell everybody, I tell everybody it's, it's put me in a good place. I was really feeling like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I used to say I wasn't going to have children until I won my Grammy. And I said, I didn't care if I was waddling up to the stage nine months pregnant, but I was not having any kids until I won a Grammy. I read that book and I was like, who's timing? Yeah. Am I like, what if my Grammy is meant to be won by a lullaby album that's inspired by my children? And I've been putting off because I have in my mind that I want to win a Grammy, but, but we are so stuck to this timeline and it has to be exactly this way. And if it doesn't go exactly my way, then I'm unhappy. And it's like, I know what I want in the end. I don't really care about the middle. That's why even like when I hear stuff now about like this Kevin Samuels and stuff, I'm really, I'm always open to it because it makes you realize that your view and my view, they could both be the truth, but they don't necessarily have to be true. Like a bug may look at a building and see it because a bug has, you know, they have a thousand eyes or a hundred eyes. They're looking at it and they see a building one way. I'm looking at the building and I'm seeing it another way. Whose view is true? Each person's view is true because of the way that they've been brought up. The color lenses that you're looking through is your past and everything else that's happening to you. That's why eight people can watch a political press conference and have different opinions, even though the person only said one thing. You know, because you're all looking at it at a different way. So it's like everybody has their own reality. So knowing that you can create your reality and you can create what makes you happy, that's all that matters. I just want to say that that, and that was beautiful. Um, and, and segueing to a joke, this really felt like this was like a catch up from you being on like an American Idol or something like that, where you just gave us an inspirational speech to continue going. I'm taking that in. <laughs> that, that, that was powerful. I just want to say that that was very powerful. I felt every ounce of that. So I'll get real deep and sentimental about how how zen I am and how yeah. zen everybody deserves to be. You, If I'm keeping it a buck, I started to read that book and then I stopped, but now you have me wanting to read the book again. I have a lot of books like that and I, I stopped Get reading. the first two chapters. The first two I chapters. Couldn't, yeah, I circles and you're yeah, like what are you I was, that's here? that's what happened to me. I didn't want to say that and sound like a yeah. hypocrite, but that's what happened to me. I started reading it and I was like all right, you're saying this exact same thing. I comprehend very well. Like I don't like this is a this is pointless. So maybe I'll just I'll give it another try. Well, well Brandon, let me help you out. I'm looking at it right now. It's only uh six hours and twenty minutes in length on audio. <laughs> I'm about to read this joint in a day. <laughs> oh, they have an audio book. All right, maybe I'll do the audio book because reading uh, it. Woman, just... It's probably gonna be a woman with a lovely voice reading it to you. <laughs> very soothing. That's probably. what I'm doing. Y'all do books i cannot do i have to have the I book do, i do both i do both i i read i read on my ipad like i'll read books on my ipad but if i'm because i'm always on the go i'll especially traveling or something like that a audiobook just works better just with moving texting emailing calling like it's a lot so it's just easier i think nah. i was raised wrong as a kid i never got Whoa. the fascination <laughs> with reading I, I never i never understood why people like to sit down and read Reading is fundamental. Is it because you get to make up your own voices in your head? No, reading, reading, the purpose of reading is not only to help with your diction, grammar, and punctuation, but it's also supposed to help with your creativity. It's supposed to help with you uh, tapping into, I think it's like the left side of your brain, your creative palette, because it, it, it now allows you to read words on a paper or in a book and then imagine it. And then if you can do that, um, it's supposed to be able to take you to heightened places of enlightenment. That's why they say, uh, they call you bookworms or you're, you're so book smart. You read all these books, you know, this information. Well, it's because information is powerful. And if you can 
retain that and then project it out into the world, it, it, it makes you look amazing. Short form. Of well, with okay. My mom loved to read and her version of like a good time, like some moms will take you to the park on the weekends. She loved to read so much that we would go to the library and you couldn't get a new book until you returned your other book. Yeah. So check out one at a time. So yep. I was reading a week long just so that I could go get a new book. And the public library where I lived when I was a kid had the coolest children's room. And there was a clawfoot bathtub that stood alone and they filled it with bean bags and you could lay in there and read your book. It was like such an experience. I'm such a nerd. So <laughs> yeah, no. So the girl, oh, no, you show up, me a tub I, full I, of bean bags. I might get in and read a book. See what I'm saying? <laughs> Listen, I hated reading growing up. I, I I hated it. And now I've grown like especially older. Reading is fundamental. Just read, read people. And even even still, if you're not because I know people like me, like I have ADHD. I have all, you know, what I'm saying I get how you can get distracted. The world is a crazy place. Right. So to Wilson's point, if you can't pick up and read just to uh, get the information and or to be able to retain, uh, retain it, if you're the type of person that's a visual person or if you're the type of person that's a listening person. Uh, get the audio book. Just make sure you, you, you get the information uh, in order to kind of, you know, get into a better place. So I definitely will put that out there. Uh, I will, I'm going to do my due diligence now and I will try to get past the second chapter because yeah. I I was not <laughs> that. In, in, oh, in, in, I was like, what, what is yeah. this? I li- I'm telling you, I, I have it marked. I'm literally in the middle of chapter two. And I was just like, all right, now this, this is going in circles. This is a waste like of awareness is you. you yeah, are- yeah. I was like, fam, come on. Like, why y'all keep saying this to me? I know what awareness is. I'm aware of what this chapter is and what this book is doing to me right now. Can you just tell me what I need to know? <laughs> like, that's all I want. I don't want anything else. But um, I want to I wanna, I wanna, uh, end here. I want to say again, Felicia, thank you. We have to do this again in person. Um, uh, and 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 shout out. I know I wasn't going to say his name. But shout out to Lenny, man. Don't you don't have to worry about fixing beds or anything, man. I support you, King. I support you. Right? <laughs> I'm here with you, Lenny. All right. Um, keep doing all the great work you're doing too. I see you. And uh, uh, I guess any any closing remarks that you want to leave anybody with, Felicia, with lasting impressions of the OG Triple OG. Ah man, follow me on the gram. Yes. Follow my Twitter. My ads are at Felicia Temple. My Facebook is at Felicia Temple Music. Um, definitely click subscribe on YouTube because the visuals are coming and you will not want to miss those. Um, but yeah, follow me. Come check me out. Come have a conversation with me. And um, yeah, go listen to my music. It's yeah, everywhere. Cool. Go support yeah. on all streaming platforms, Felicia Temple. We want to thank her for coming on. I want to thank you guys. Uh, you guys asked amazing questions. Can 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 you can you see the growth though, Felicia, from the first time to like no. the growth? Do you, do you see these guys? Like, huh? I can. I can. I can. Okay, just saying. Just saying. Uh, I want to thank you guys again. I'm one of the hosts, Brandon Killer VH Hall. I am the regular Nas. I am Wilson. Chris, good lord, man! Good lord, Chris. He just had to. He just had to unmute. That's all he has. It's fine. It's fine. Felicia, as I am Wilson, I just think of that volleyball. (laughs) 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 Like everybody said it in the beginning, I'm like, well, 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 much, much like a volleyball, I have been known to take things over the top.